630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. The game is over when the final buzzer sounds. The analysis ends when you say it does. This is Overtime Open Line. Interviews, analysis, and your opinion. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. And now, the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Well, another rough night at Rogers Place as the Chicago Blackhawks beat the Edmonton Oilers 4-1. Mark andre Fleury, brilliant tonight in the Chicago net. Where is he going to wind up? Is he going to join somebody for a playoff drive? Could it be the Edmonton Oilers. Flurry makes 40 saves on 41 shots. He was huge in the second period. The Oilers dominated the second period. He stopped 19 out of 20. And the Oilers' record on the season drops to 23-18-3. Chicago bumping up to 17-23-7. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. 8.51. We're in the Friesen Brothers Broadcast Center for Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Along with Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Well, Rob, I mean, a lot to talk about and a lot, I think, went wrong for the Oilers tonight. A lot of deficiencies that hurt them. But both you and I like to start by giving credit where credit is due because that was an exceptional performance by Marc-Andre Fleury. Well, if he was auditioning for a job with the Edmonton Oilers, he put on a heck of a show. Uh, He was outstanding, Uh, bordering on great for most of the night. Um, the Oilers peppered him in the second period. The Oilers did not have a good start to this game, but in the second period they came to play. And of the 19 shots that they had in the second period, you know, 13, 14 were high quality. And he made some unbelievable acrobatic uh, saves that, that kept his team in the lead going into the third. And what's so huge about that, they going into the third with a one-goal lead, now you're one bounce or one break from extended the lead to two. And I think that's what was so huge that they still had uh, the lead and it was all on the back of Flurry. Uh, and then it becomes a, a thing in the mind of the shooter. Now you're starting to look for maybe something a little too perfect because, okay, he's, he's saving everything. So now we got to maybe we need a backdoor empty net goal because it's the only way we're going to beat him when it's the opposite that's true. It's usually a fluky one that does. But Flurry was exceptional. Uh, he's all, I, I mean, I've always been a huge fan. He's a guy that enjoys the game. He seems like he'd be a fun teammate to have. And what we saw tonight was why he's going to be coveted or so much wanted at the, the trade deadline because even at the age, of, I think he's 37 now, even at the age of 37, he's all world. And tonight he, he was the main reason that the Chicago Blackhawks beat the Edmonton Oilers. Yeah, I was trying to watch him as, as much as I could tonight without taking my eye away from the puck and the, and the play, but just very quick getting back into position. Doesn't, doesn't get flopping around. If he does, he's doing it to make a save. I mean, Evander Kane should have scored two seconds before Dreisaitl scored, even though he yep. fanned on the puck a little bit. It was going over the line, and Fleury still got his paddle down and swept it off the goal line, and then he couldn't stop Leon's second shot. Yeah, he he was excellent. You know, I had Ben Pope on the show from the Chicago Sun-Times before the game covers the Blackhawks, and he said, you know, if you look at Fleury's stats, you might think, okay, kind of a middling season, but he said he's probably been better than his stats because I, I think we saw tonight – the, the Blackhawks, you know, like Edmonton, have some defensive deficiencies uh, as well. So Fleury was excellent and well-deserving of the first star in the game tonight. Alex at the second star, and Leon Dreisaitl, the third star. Okay, so full credit to Fleury. Now, as for the Edmonton Oilers, their, their first period tonight was terrible. 
Uh, I, I mean, it, there were times I thought they might as well have just placed the puck for the Blackhawks <laughs> and said, okay, where would you like to shoot from this time? Uh, because that's about how good they were uh, defensively. Oddly enough, Edmonton outshot Chicago in the first period, but that's where the shot clock didn't matter. Uh, they scored on the first two shots of the game. Um, so Edmonton's behind early, 247 in. 32 times in 44 games, the Oilers have allowed the first goal. Often it's been 2 nothing in those games. They're 11-18-3 when they allow the first goal. They are 12-0 when they score first, though it doesn't happen very often. Let's head down to the Hall of Fame room. Here's head coach Dave Tippett. It's a scary situation there for him. Uh, yeah, he was uh, kept out for precautionary reasons. He's, uh, I think they're going gonna to get some tests done tomorrow. Same thing with Cass. Okay. That's done tomorrow. Good. Um, obviously, before the break, your team seemed to kind of get some offensive traction going. Mm-hmm. Maybe what, what, what do you find? What have you found that the, has changed over the last couple of games here? We're getting some quantity or quantity of shots, but not enough quality of shots. You know, that was the difference in the game. I, we gave up some real good chances. You know, we get the good chance early, hit the post, and then we take a penalty and and. Uh, make a bad read and, and uh, some coverage and give up the first one, give up uh, a rush one that uh, we don't play the rush very well and then we're chasing the game and we got lots of quantity but not not the quality we want, you know, and that's uh, just not getting enough pucks at the net and not capitalize when you do get the good chances. Last night you kind of attributed that to an execution uh, thing. Uh, did, you, did you feel the same tonight, or was it more of an effort, or like maybe a combination? Uh, I, th- I thought that times tonight we were like the second period. I we dominated the second period. We had lots of opportunities, lots of, I could say, quantity, but not not the real quality that you think you want, right? Yeah. I think we would we have 70, 75 or seventy six attempts, but in reality, how many good chances do we have at that? We had a lot of. I think we had 10 defensemen had shot, or 10 shots blocked by the defense, or by their, that we shot that they blocked by our defensemen. So there's, there's not enough execution in finding the next play there, making a good play to give ourselves a better opportunity. Mike Smith had a lot of work last night. You put him in tonight. How did you feel like that went for him? And was, to get him- I mean, we gave up too early there that, uh, you know, tough to get him going, but he wanted to jump right back in. He wants to get up and going, but he made some great saves in the first period. Three or four chances there that were that would have put us down big time early, and he made some great saves. So it's too bad we couldn't get some goals for him. Dave, what are you seeing on the rush chances? You're giving up quite a few, and then in your own end, players standing by themselves with nobody around them, or the players yeah. just not reading the plays, or what's there's going on? Cover, there's some coverage off the rush that we've been talking about all year, and we just haven't seemed to approve enough on it. You know, some of it is, some of it is, like if you look at where the number, we spend the most time in the offensive zone of any team in the league. I think that's almost derogatory sometimes because we get down in there, we get pounding around and you get, you almost get late in the shift and you're, then you're chasing back. You know, it's a, it's transition the other way that, uh, we're pushing hard for a goal, and all of a sudden it goes the other way, and it's, our coverage isn't very good. So we've given up some there. Our, our net front stuff is that's an area we've been talking about. We've got to improve all year, so we just have to keep banging away at it. And obviously with Russell out and now Keith out, you're going to need to bring a couple of defensemen up from the minors? Yeah, I will, I'll talk to Kenny about that later today, see what's available. Thank you. Dave, when you talk about in front of the net, it seems 
and tonight there's two cases being before where the guys, they're sliding up and there's a gap between them and the goalie. And then by the time they turn around and react, it's too late to get on the stick. Is, is that what you're seeing? Some, yeah. I mean, some. There's, there's. Defenseman has to make a decision. Are you going to slide up and block it, or are you going to, are you going to turn and take the man? And we've got some players get caught in the middle too many times. So how do you fix that? Keep pounding away. Keep teaching away. We've got, we've got guys that they don't do it well enough yet. They got to continue to learn. And, uh, you know, you mentioned Smith when it was down 2 nothing. obviously made a, hu uh, a few huge saves. I know you crunch a lot of the numbers. How much does Hunch compare to the numbers go into a decision like that for you? A lot of the decision came from Schmidt wants to get up and going. We need to get him up and going. That's just that's the reality of it. He's missed a lot of time. He wants to get up and going. He felt good after the game last night. Came in and he played very well tonight. Like he, this game's not on Schmidt in one bit. He played very well. You know, in and outside the net, his puck moving was excellent tonight. So safe to say, you look to have him play Friday. Well, we'll see how he is. I haven't talked to him here, but he, he's anxious. He wants to get up and going. He hasn't played a lot this year. He wants to he wants to help our team in this stretch run and uh, wants to be a big part of it. Dave, you guys played pretty desperate hockey in that second period, and you guys kind of took over the game in that second period. You hit a post here and there. Obviously, could have been different going to the third, but I guess what's the key to try and get that desperation going from the puck drop and not after you're down, down a goal, down two goals? Down yeah, and I thought, yes, the Vegas game, other than we gave up, we turned over a couple pucks in the first shift. Other than that, the first 10 or 12 minutes of the Vegas game was really good for us, if you watch it. right? Tonight, we go, we hit a goal post, and all of a sudden, we take a penalty, and now we're chasing the game. The next first two shots of the game, we're chasing the game. So, you're, uh, you know, it's shock to your system. you got to get up and going. And... I thought we started to come a little bit later in the first period. The second period, we we were jumping. We were all over it. But you'd like to capitalize on something when you're putting that work in. And, and, guess, and, and how much do you look at it as, you know, puck like You're getting those bounces in the first half of the season, and now uh, you're not getting those bounces, I guess. You can say some of that is puck luck. Like, I like some of the work we're doing in the offensive zone. Like I say, we spend a lot of time there. Now, there's a fine line between puck luck and, and getting the job done. And we, we've got to get give ourselves a better chance to get that luck sometimes. You know, there's, there's I mean, if you look at it, there's lots of try around the net, but there's some execution things that, like a point shot getting through or a point shot finding a guy that's got an open stick there somewhere that would help. And getting inside on rebounds rather than, swinging on the outside, things like that. They're all things that we talk about to try to see if we can capitalize on more chances. Thanks, Dave. All right. That's Dave Tippett live on 630 Chet, head coach of Edmonton Oilers, who are beaten tonight 4-1 by the Vegas Golden Knights. Like Rob and I were talking about, 2-0 for Chicago, 247 in. The Oilers got a goal in the second period. Leon Dreisaitl takes a penalty in the first minute of the third. Strom scores on the power play. Kirby Dock puts it away halfway through the third period. So the, the first period, Rob, I mean, just a, a disaster from a defensive standpoint for the Oilers. Uh, Tippett touched on it a little bit. I mean, we've seen the Oilers struggle defensively off and on throughout the season. We know they're not a great defensive team, but that was beyond the baddest of the bad that you could imagine. That was like breaking bad. Uh, 
Uh, yeah, without the drug issues, but um, no, it was. It was uh, miscommunication, misread, uh, sloppy play, poor execution, you name it, and the Oilers did it in the first 20 minutes. So that every shot, I mean, the, the shots, it wasn't a silly uh, period of shots where it was 19-2 to two or whatever, but every shot that Chicago had was a grade A scoring chance. Uh, odd man rushes, partial breakaways, uh, backdoor wide open one-timers on the power play. Uh, things that you just can't have. Uh, turnovers in, in your own zone, turnovers in the neutral zone, not getting back on the back check quick enough. Uh, th- what teams are finding now, and Dave Tippett kind of alluded to it, where the Oilers will have play in the offensive zone an extended time and he said that they're the best in the National Hockey League and I believe it because they have the stats Uh, but what they do is they get caught down too low whenever a team plays the Oilers and there is a turnover in the offensive zone or a rebound or a one battle whatever it is the opposition team jumps quickly somebody leaves the zone for the stretch play which moves the defenseman back and then the other players jump up in the play and uh, the Oilers are now chasing three players back and time and time again today, that that's what happened, is that the Chicago Blackhawks, from a missed opportunity below the top of the circles in the offensive zone, the Chicago Blackhawks were turning that into an offensive chance, an odd man rush, a three-on-two, where the Oilers' third man high isn't catching the trailer for the Chicago Blackhawks. And when you play good offensive teams, they'll make you pay on that. And, and teams are doing that as of late. And again, we, we talked about uh, at the start of this show, Mike Smith has played back-to-back games since he's come back here. And I think he's played pretty good. And, and Dave Tippett talked about he was excellent in this game. Neither of the games have been on Mike Smith, but he's given up four goals in both games. Yeah. So that's a goaltender that's playing well, has just given up four goals back-to-back games. That means defensively you are leaking grade-A scoring chance after grade-A scoring chance. You can't beat good teams doing that you can't be a good playoff team doing that and the Edmonton Oilers right now have got to fix that before they fix anything else you can talk about getting a better goalie well a great goaltender is still going to struggle if you continue to give these kind of chances up against well but a great goaltender would stop more of them well you would hope but I mean still... it's, it's what, what do you solve right do you say okay well we're, we're going to be below average or poor defensively so we have to get one of the best goalies in the league to, to, yeah. to hide it we're gonna but then you're or gonna have to give up quite a bit of assets well, to yeah, do that of course, so of course we know that i the, mean we've been talking about that yeah, all year the easy fix is become a better team defensively uh, so can they do that like do you yes. buy what Tippett said y- in you, his explanation there? you can i mean you, you if if the players aren't I don't know if the word is smart enough, aren't aware enough to do it on their own, then you have to change your system. And then you all of a sudden you have a third guy high in the offensive zone because the Oilers are doing it over. And, and just little things like Evan Bouchard, who uh, has got an incredible offensive pedigree and, and, and awareness in his own zone again tonight. He's right down here in the left corner, and he tries a little saucer pass into the middle of his zone, gets picked off, and they get two scoring chances. Last game against Vegas, first shift he gave away twice again and gave two grade-A scoring chances to Vegas. Those are things you got to take out of your game. Those are things that you don't need. The other team's going to get their chances because they're going to create it on their own. Don't give them any easier chances. And the Oilers, too many nights, and I heard you talking with Bob at the beginning of the show, uh, self-inflicted wounds, and I completely agree with you. The Oilers, too many nights, make it easy on the opposition by giving them a short ice to play on. They're not forcing the, the other team to come 
all the way through five players from their own zone. Mm -hmm. They're turning the puck over where their forwards are leaving the zone, the defenseman turns it over, or the winger turns it over, and now the other team's now only 80 feet from your net and they have an odd man rush. Those are the things that average teams can capitalize on. When you give the good teams like Vegas that opportunity, they beat you. Yeah, and and when the Oilers are always falling behind, then the other team can make the Oilers come through. Well, and that's five what they players. Do. I mean, Vegas didn't did it very well. Uh, I mean, obviously Chicago didn't do it well in the they're second not as, period. Yeah, they're not as better, good a team. better in the yes. third period. But yeah, de- defensive play and preventing goals. Whoever you want to say is most responsible for it. Our adjustment of the game for pro drain text for peace of mind down the line. Oilers fall four one to the Chicago Blackhawks tonight. Power plays. Rob Edmonton was one for four. So 25%, yep, not bad. Which is good. Uh, but, you know, some key times where they, they could have used one to pull within a goal. I'm going to give Chicago two for three because the last power play was 17 seconds and, and didn't really matter. And I highlighted this before the game. Penalty killing since December 1st. The Edmonton Oilers are 68.3%. Terrible. Chicago, 66.7%. Terrible. Even terribler. So in, the, in the battle of the terrible penalty killing, Chicago comes out ahead. Well, it... it, it to simplify hockey, the team that wins special teams and has the better goaltending is going to win most nights. And tonight it was pretty easy. The Chicago Blackhawks were better better on the special teams. And as well as Mike Smith played, he wasn't flurry. Flurry was incredible tonight. So uh, the Oilers have been a team that feasted on special teams when they were successful at the beginning of the season. Uh, both their power play and penalty killing has slowed, penalty killing more so. And their goaltending hasn't got them the big save at times. And in the last two games, uh, especially teams in goaltending, the opposition had the better of the two, and the opposition had two big wins. I mean, the Oilers have given up four goals in both games. The Oilers have only scored one goal coming out of the All-Star break. Yeah, I mean, it's it's everything, yes. right? Yeah, yeah. Th- you can't really just say one thing is right now costing the Oilers hockey games. It's a lot of stuff. Yeah. 4-1, Chicago wins it tonight. Uh, the Oilers are 7-13-3. and in their last 23 games, which is uh, quite a poor record. Their uh, points percentage now for the year has them on a 91-point pace. Now that obviously changes every game, (laughs) but I thought it was relevant to update it because it was uh, 94, 95 points a couple of days ago. So uh, they will have to uh, do much better than that to get... I mean, you you could make the playoffs with 91. Uh, It it has happened before. We've had some teams in the high high 80s get in, but generally you need 94, 95, 96 at least to get in. Well, and the the problem for the the Oilers is, I, I believe, and I've said it right from the beginning, that the wild card teams are both going to be from the central is it still called the central i'm not so sure about that because dallas is dallas is fifth and they have 48 points dallas is going to win tonight i believe they were winning um i just i think and and dallas is at the same as with the oilers when it comes to games they have less games than la and san jose they'll be equal now so i think i i do believe in i i still think winnipeg's going to have a push so I think those are the teams. I think the Oilers' best chance of making the playoffs, and I still say they will make the playoffs, will be in their division. And to me, it's looking like a Calgary-Edmonton first-round matchup as the Calgary Flames tonight just whomping on. it to Vegas. 4 nothing. Calgary's good. Calgary's a very good hockey period. club. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, Markstrom, the, I mean, again, I mean, well, great goaltending. goaltending, but he made, what does he get, seven or eight shutouts? Well, he's about to have a breakaway. And, and uh, saved it. He makes a save, so, yeah, he's been awesome. Oilers lose 4-1 to Chicago. That means a $100 donation to 630 Chet Santa's Anonymous from James H. Brown and Associates. Unrivaled experience, unrivaled commitment, unrivaled results. James H. Brown giving 100 bucks for every Oilers goal throughout the season. Okay, more post-game reaction, and uh, we're happy to hear from you as well on the hotline powered by Sir 
CertainTeed, the pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems. CertainTeed Pro all the way. This is Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Live Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 chair. On the left at the brink, it over to Kane on the right. He'll wait, he'll shoot it, saved by Smith. And he holds on as Patrick Kane wanted to make it look like he was going to pass it, and then he fired it on goal. That's Mike Smith, save the game for Reface Magic. Transform your kitchen with ease. See the magic at refacemagic.ca. Smith let in the first two tonight, but made a lot of big saves as well as the Oilers were not very good stopping the Chicago attack. Now, Mike Smith stops 26 out of 30. That's a save percentage of 867, so it is under on set the line for River Cree Resort and Casino. Excitement bet on it. I set the line at 9-10. Doug took the under. He gets a $50 River Cree Resort and Casino gift card. Congratulations, Doug. Doug and Keith, uh, if, if people, uh, I, I believe it was kind of, the clip was just starting when we went to Dave Tippett there a few minutes ago. So Doug and Keith will be looked at again tomorrow. Same with Zach Cassian, who took a puck to the face, came back, and then eventually didn't finish the game. And Duncan Keith, uh, scary, loud incident, tied up with Sam Lafferty near the Oilers' net. Keith spun, as you referenced, Rob, out of control, crashes into the boards, looked like he was out for a few seconds, did eventually go off the ice, uh, guided by a couple of teammates, but more or less under his own steam. Yeah, it was scary. Um, Just when he was prone and not not moving on the ice, you you get scared. Uh, He did get up quickly. He walked on his own down the hallway. Uh, I would believe he will be in concussion protocol just because he looked like he was knocked out there for a second. Uh, I I don't understand what the rules are in the National Hockey League. I think that's a week he would have to miss, uh, and he'll be tested more tomorrow. Cassian, he came back from his injury after getting hit in the head with a puck, but then he left and never came back as well. Anytime it's with the head, you want to make sure you're absolutely positive that the player is back healthy and ready to uh, get back into action because you don't want to mess with that. All right, so the Oilers lose 4-1 here to Chicago as we look around the NHL for Edmonton Trailer looking for parts, service, rentals, or new and used semi-trailers. Head to edmontontrailer.com. 4-0 Calgary over Vegas after two. In the second period, Coyotes lead the tentacle team 1-0. Kessel gets his sixth. Islanders up 5-1 in Vancouver, still in the first period. Ooh. Red Wings beat the Flyers 6-3, and the Stars get by the Predators 4-3. Brad Marchand, a six-game suspension for roughing and slashing Tristan Jari last night. Yeah, I told you before, two for roughing, two for high-sticking, and two for being stupid. And the Montreal Canadiens fire Dominic Ducharme, and Martin St. Louis will coach the Montreal Canadiens yeah. for the rest of the well, year. Well, he's bringing all the chocolate bars that he was handing out to his peewee players every time they were player of the game, <laughs> and now that's what the Montreal Canadiens are going to get. Is it cho- So they get orange slices during that's, the game and that, chocolate yeah, bars chocolate after? Chocolate bars. Player yeah, of the game. I don't have kids, so yeah. you got to film well, me yeah, in minor hockey. Yeah, there's the star of the game. There's the heart and hustle kid. There's the most improved kid. So every all, game? Yeah, absolutely. You want to make sure that the kids like How him. do you have most improved within an individual game? You haven't been to a minor hockey game lately, have you? Well, no, I haven't. Well, actually, I, I'm sure we could do it in some of the other games too there's some players that start a little slow and as the game moves on they get better that's true you usually give timmy though there's always a timmy on every team that all right you know i'll give him a chocolate bar so he comes back next game oh interesting yeah. I, I didn't know that's how it worked now oh yeah the, you want to make they fr- keep score 
Uh, they, they do. Well, actually, I guess the lower levels don't. Um, I think the score the score is mainly for the parents, anyways. The kids kids are out having fun. It's the parents well, in the stands that want to know. Yeah, that's true. But I have I have coached teams where you're down 14 to nothing, and the kid turns around and says, "Hey, coach." What number do we have, 14 or zero? I'm like, well, unfortunately, son, we have zero. <laughs> that's actually oh, oh, you won't believe how yeah. many times that's but, happened. But, I mean, that's, I mean, so what? Really? I, well, at you're the, right. At it's, the end of the day, if the kid's playing hockey and he's not worried about the all you want, it's to, not going to ruin his life. No, you just want the kid to come back the next game. He learned a lot of things outside of the score when it comes to hockey, sportsmanship, teamwork, camaraderie, hardware, all those things. Have you ever play. had a parent, you've, and you don't have to tell the exact story, have you ever told a parent to settle down? Oh, God, yeah. 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 Well, I've actually done it at games where I, I do coach mentoring, so I'll go and watch other teams play so they can hop, talk to the coaches afterwards. And I've been in the stands where I'm like, hey, you know what, buddy, you know what, you want, might want to settle down. That's a 14-year-old ref that you're swearing at right, right now. Let's not do that anymore. I mean, it's funny, parents, when they get to sporting events, uh, are, are a little more emotional than when they're at a school. I mean, your kid just got his third F of the thing. I mean, nothing wrong. I mean, don't don't talk to the teacher about the F, but your kid's minus two, and you're yelling at him. So, But I digress. All right. But minor sports, I love it. I do. And I, I'm on the ice every day. I see about three or 400 kids a week. And yeah, love well, every you're, moment of you're it. shaping the next generation of players. Like Trey Fix-Walansky, <laughs> who I talked to before the game, who scored last night. Wonderful young awesome. kid, incredibly talented. Yeah. All right, Oilers lose 4-1 to Chicago. We'll go to the Certainty Hotline. Gregory is on hold. Hi, Gregory. Thanks for calling. Go ahead. Hey, guys. How are you tonight? Well, we enjoy working together. How are you? <laughs> Frustrating game for an Oilers fan to watch. Rob, I have a question uh, for you to uh, lend your expertise to. If I'm uh, the team psychologist that's been brought in to uh, talk to our uh, our guys, what I do is I split the team apart and I simplify it. The defense, we can't do too much about that right now. It's a work in progress, as Tippett says. But what about our top nine forwards? Mm -hmm. They are paid to put that puck in the other team's net. And when you sit and watch the game and watch their body language and look at their expressions on the on the bench, they seem to be as fragile as little girls. Nothing against little girls. But they well, don't boys seem to be, be able too, to, to be get the big picture. They don't need to worry about what the score is. Their job is to put that puck in the net, and our guys can't. It's 4 nothing in Calgary right now. We couldn't get one past their backup goalie yesterday. Tell me what you think, Rob. Yeah, yep. thanks, Gregory. Well, it, there's a lot. I mean, uh, sports psychologists were just coming in when I left the game, uh, so I didn't really get to spend a lot of time with them. My son is in theater, and he has had a, a, a theater th psychologist, people to talk to, and it just helps find your confidence. When I played, when you, you're struggling to find the back of the net, there were times that it, that it happened, uh, video. Uh, getting out early with an assistant coach and working on shots, uh, lots of com communication, and then there's the the mind games. Change your the way you tape your stick. Get drive a different route to the rink tonight. Have a different pregame meal. There's all kinds of things just to make yourself feel good uh, about yourself. But to me, the biggest one, and it was Rick Kehoe used to do it a lot with me in in Pittsburgh. He was the assistant coach. He would take me on the ice, and we work on all kinds of little simple things, and just get in the habit of scoring goals over and over. It was always on an empty net, but it just got you into that feeling good about yourself. And the other thing, they used to put together a two or three minute video 
of all the goals that I had scored previously. So you feel good about yourself when you go into the game. But confidence is everything. You're absolutely right. And you can tell when a player's got confidence. You can tell when a player is uh, lacking it. And on the bench, as you said, body language says everything. And right now, some some of the other players' body language says their confidence isn't as high as it was at different times in the season. Yeah, some players show it differently than yep. others, which I don't have a problem with. I nope. mean, I think if some people are more emotional or need to snap a stick or yell out a certain yep. word for three seconds as long as you're refocused. Oh. When you, I mean, we've seen it with – and like we know Dry Settles have – a great player. I don't, yeah. I don't buy into this. The still people who are like, well, he's lazy and all that kind of stuff. But he's a you, superstar. You can tell when he's he's heavy. There yep. are some nights he looks heavy, yep. or he might snap the head back. You maybe don't see as much of that from you know McDavid or Nugent Hopkins. Uh, well, along the McDavid way. does it. You, you, Sometimes McDavid, he looks. It's facial expression. Like he yeah, can, true. You can yeah, see true. it in his face. Uh, Leon's a little more with the head. Uh, to me, it was I. I was I would swear if I missed a scoring, I would swear as loud as I could. And in some rinks, it was very very noticeable when. The in the minors when there wasn't very many stands in but then I got it out of me and that's something you just don't want to carry it around you just don't want to let it eat at you get it's it's like when you miss a putt just and then the next putt you have you just okay it's all gone don't have to worry about that anymore the the players that struggle in, in the the uh, slump lasts longer. The ones that just let it eat them up inside. You got to get. I mean, Tiger Woods was the best when he made a bad shot. He he let it out right away and then forgot about it. And I think that's what some of the other players need to do right now when things aren't going right. Get rid of it and come back with a positive attitude. You can't play angry and you can't play mad at yourself because you're not going to have success. You got to enjoy the game. And when you enjoy the game, as we've seen with the Oilers, when they're enjoying it, that's when they're playing their best. Yeah, but I think Gregor makes a good point. I mean, if you're in the, the top nine, certainly if you're on one of the top two lines, you you, you know you got to score yep. at least sometime. I mean, it was just double-checking. Pugliarvi's up to 14 games mm-hmm. without a goal. Fogel's at 15. I know he's been on the fourth line sometimes. Actually, yeah, I, thought, a- I thought this was Fogel's best game in a long time. I thought Fogel was very good. The, the problem, and, and this is what happens with, with goal scorers, as you talk about Pugliarvi and, and Yamamoto. Yamamoto's at nine without a goal. So Pugliarvi, he went through a stretch where he was getting chances. And they talked about it after the game. He's getting chances. He's getting two or three good looks. But when you don't score for an extended when those aren't going in for you all of a sudden it, it affects the rest of your game in the last two or three games I don't remember Pugliarvi having a scoring chance and that's what happens it bleeds into the rest of your game you start panicking with the puck you throw it away and tonight we saw that a couple times the puck starts running off your stick your passes are off if you're brought in here to score goals and you don't all of your game starts to suffer Oilers lose 4-1 to the Blackhawks. Just one goal in the last two games for Edmonton. Whenever they score five or more in a game, we turn on the Japanese Village Goal Light on 630Ched.com. That allows you to print up a coupon for a free appetizer to Japanese Village featuring Alberta's own Brant Lake Wagyu. Visit jvedmonton.ca. Clayton is up next on the Certainty Hotline. Good evening, Clayton. Go ahead. Hi, guys. Just going to bang off a few points here and uh, wait for your response here. But, I mean unbelievably frustrating to watch uh, game after game here. Um, the team's never ready to go. Uh, I think we're leading the league in first goals allowed right there with Montreal, Yep. Arizona. Yeah, all teams who are yeah. way out of it. Yep. Exactly. So uh, how can it not be coaching at that point? Um, or either that or leadership. Maybe the best players aren't always the best leaders. But, I mean, game after game after game. I mean, first, first shift tonight, CC bangs it off some shins and it goes the other way for odd man break. Um, 
I'm just I'm just at a loss for words as far as the starts here. It's just it's unbelievable. It can't be just a coincidence at this point. Um, lack of top six wingers. We talk about being able to put Drysaddle, McDavid, and Nugent Hopkins down the wing three centers, but we don't have anyone to put the puck in the net. We don't have cerebral enough players to play with McDavid and Drysaddle, in my opinion. Harvey is a great talented player but I don't think he sees the game offensively that well I don't think he reads off the play very well mm-hmm. um, I think that's fair I think, I think Yamamoto's fairly intelligent but you know, he, so too, he's got to work really hard to get where he's months. going and then lastly the only other thing is I think we're, we're really realizing how much we miss Adam Larson we miss that kind of physical defenseman um, I think that there was a panic signing with Barry last year, once we realized that Larson was going to Seattle, there was a panic signing based on um, inflated numbers that he put up last year in a Canadian division. A complete, completely redundant signing. Another right shot D that's when we already announced that Bouchard was going to be on this team this year. I don't know how we decided to bring back Barry. Um, we we need someone like Larson. I mean, I, he's gone. There's no point crying over it, but it's just so glaringly obvious. He was... Nurse put up the points last year, but if you look back, Larson was easily our best defenseman last year, and it's it's really showing now. So yeah. well, I mean, Lar- Larson chose to leave, as as you know, so that was tough. I, I I think you make, and we've talked about that with Barry. Are are he and Bouchard redundant? Can you ultimately be successful having both of them on on the team? I mean, I think that that caller made a lot of really good points. Um, the Oilers don't have that that shutdown guy. I, it's funny, CC was brought in to be the shutdown guy. I think CC's been better offensively than I thought a, as opposed to being a Larson type player. The Oilers don't have that big menacing physical when things are going sideways, let's throw him out there and shut down the opposition and just slow the game down. The Oilers don't have that. Uh, I think Nurse's season isn't as great as it was last year, but part of it is I think they're his partners, either Bouchard or or um, Barry at times have struggled, which has forced him to play more in his own zone, not allowing him to jump up in the play like he did last year or lead the rush. Well, you know, Bob has brought this up, and you know it pains me to agree with Bob. <laughs> uh, but I, mean, I won't tell him you should did. Should it be Nurse and CeCe have done a couple games together? Now, Keith is hurt tonight, so we don't know how long he's going to be out, but would Nurse and like Nurse, CeCe, Keith, Bouchard, could we not see that? I mean, um, they've tried all these combinations. They've never really tried Keith and Bouchard, the, and maybe they won't have the option to for a while here. The, but. the, the only problem with that, and, and anything's worth trying because defensively nothing's worked at times. Uh, Bouchard, his when things go sideways for him, it's when he throws a puck away. When he instead of punting, he tries to make something that's not that's not there, and that's also something that has plagued Duncan Keith at times. Uh, so if you got two guys making the same type of mistake, is that a good combination? I don't know. But the one thing that you, you would like about that combination, it's young and old. It's experienced and new. Right, that's, and that's, that's my point. Yeah, I mean, yeah, there's nothing wrong. I mean, I, I like CeCe put him with Nurse, and that gives Nurse a little bit more of a comfort to be able to jump up because CeCe, if, if anything, has been consistent this year. Yeah. Uh, but still, the Oilers, <laughs> defensively, they just they make the big mistake. And I don't care who your partners are or who the pairings are, you somehow got to find a way to get rid of that big mistake, simplify it, 
And well, and they're, and they're getting crushed on the rush too. Yep. I mean, again, like compare the odd man rushes. Oh, it's and the not Oilers, even and close. The Oilers probably had more odd man rushes tonight in their favor than they usually did because it's not as good a Chicago's team. Chicago's not as good a team yep. either. But that's that's the really frustrating. I mean, sometimes okay, you might get ground down off the cycle, or you know, you might lose a couple puck battles in a row. But that's not what it is. But, but they're like as soon as the off the opposing team gets the puck, even as deep as their own face-off dot. Well, I'm already thinking, like, oh, this might be a three-on-two. And that's not on the defenseman. That's on the forwards. They're not doing a good enough job of having a third-man high and beating the, for, the, the defender or the third forward back to their own zone. And I think that's a problem that the Oilers can fix and need to fix because it's been killing them. Okay, Oilers lose 4-1 to the Chicago Blackhawks. we got to give you the news and weather here. Uh, if you're on hold, stay there. We'll get to you as many as you as uh, we can, I believe. We're going to hear from McDavid and Smith, hopefully, before we sign off uh, as well. Quick break, though, here. Like I said, for the news and weather, this is Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Live Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Oilers lose 4-1 to Chicago. Here are Connor McDavid and Mike Smith. Connor, it seemed like you guys were kind of getting some offensive traction going before the All-Star break, uh, obviously getting those wins too. What do you think's kind of changed over the last couple of games with your group and ultimately, you know, with the way the offense is going? I just think we've been out of sync all over. Um, you know, passes aren't clean. You know, um, you know, we haven't probably uh, battled hard enough around their net. Um, offensively, uh, yeah, we've been, uh, we've been poor these two games. How much of that do you think is uh, a matter of maybe adjusting to, to some new line mates and, and ultimately the lines change tonight, trying to get comfortable with each other? Do you, do you, how much do you think that, that kind of plays into it a little bit? No, I think we've all played with each other enough. You know, we kind of, you know, the lines kind of change here and there, and you know, we've played uh, enough with each other to know what's going to happen. So, you know, I think it's just uh, out of sync and um, got to clean it up. Sure. Mike, uh, second of a, of a back-to-back for you. How did you, you feel as the, the game went along in, in terms of your play? I obviously don't like the result, but uh, you know, on a personal level, way more, uh, way better tonight. Uh, last game, um, the start, just everything seemed like it was going a thousand miles an hour out there. But as the game went on, felt better and better. And the third, I felt more comfortable tonight. I started like I finished last night and felt like I was, I felt, you know, good right from the start. So, um, but saying that, it's like letting in too many goals so it's obviously that's frustrating and you want to do everything you can to help and last two games wasn't uh you know wasn't good enough dave tibbett said he wanted to get you back up and running obviously been off for a while how important is it for you to get in there and 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 try to kind of reestablish your game and do you think it did help getting in on a second of a back-to-back yeah i mean i wanted to play I, i think it's it's been uh it's been terrible timing to be honest every time i've seemed to come back we've had you know a COVID break or, you know, this time an all-star break right before, you know, I'm kind of getting ready. So it's, it's not been ideal as far as timing, but um, it was nice to get back in the game and get in some rhythm. And, and, you know, I wasn't basing the whole season on these two games. Obviously there's a lot of games left and I feel like I got a lot to give still. So um, tonight was a good stepping stone in the right direction as far as it, uh, how I feel. And, the results will come, but uh, obviously it stings when you lose, you know, two coming out of the rake. Sure. And last one for me, I'll, I'll direct it back to Connor. Uh, it seemed like that, that 
penalty on dry side will maybe questionable. How much did you guys find that uh, that turned maybe the course of the game there in that period? You know, we got to find a way to get a kill. Um, you know, we lost special team battle again tonight. Um, you know, that's a big part of our game. So we. Uh, we don't find a way to get a you know win the special teams battle. It uh, you know seems like we're chasing the game. So you know they get two, our power play gets one, and you know that's that's kind of the difference. Carter, I guess that first period you guys gave up. You're only down to nothing, but you gave up about five or six really quality chances. Mike had to make a couple of big big saves. I guess is that the most troubling thing is is the amount of quality chances you're giving up early and then chasing the game, or how are you seeing those those first periods? Right? Yeah, it was very bad, very <laughs> very very bad start. Um, you know, dog, uh, dog held us in, and um, you know, to be only down two after one was, uh, I think we felt very fortunate. Um, you know, but with that being said, I liked our second period. I thought we did a good job of getting ourselves back into it, and you know, maybe could have tied the game up there in the second, but you know, that's not how it went. And Mike, you made an unbelievable save to keep it at two nothing. Uh, I think it was maybe the fourth or fifth shot on net. I guess um, a save like that, how does that kind of fire you up and, and kind of get you rolling? I guess but, uh, after something like that. Yeah, to be honest, the fans kind of got me going there after the third save. So kind of, you know, got my confidence up there and and uh, and got me feeling good. And then the next one's kind of, you know, settled me in and and got me in the game. But. Um, yeah, when you make big saves, you want to keep your team close. And when we're down two, you just don't want to give up that third one and, and, and hopefully keep them in there long enough that you can, you know, get a couple back. Unfortunately, it wasn't the case tonight, but we'll build on it and move on. And I know when, when, when skaters come off a long layoff, they talk about being in game shape and, and taking a few games to get in game shapes. What's it like for goaltender? How many games do you need to kind of get back into that game shape and that groove? I mean, I'll speak from... A personal standpoint, I think the goalie doesn't get get doesn't uh, doesn't get many opportunities to to feel himself into a game. You know, you can uh, I think as a player, you can get out there and maybe have a short shift or two and and kind of get your wits about you and then kind of build on that. But if you're not feeling great with being a goalie and there's world class players coming at you, I think it's uh, it makes it difficult. But um, you know, you just got to battle. Just got to battle and stick with it and and. Just try and get in the way of pucks and keep your team close. Thanks, guys. Connor, you mentioned how frustrating the first period was. It wasn't a good start. Um, you came back in the second, but that's kind of been a little bit of an issue, giving up too many quality chances. You know, there's lots off the rush. What has to happen to change? Is, is it a commitment individual? Like, I don't know if – do you read the riot act to guys? How do you look to, to try to change that? Because I'm not sure it's necessarily system play. Um, yeah, I think, uh, you know, it's a collective, collective effort. Um, you know, we've got to be better with the puck as forwards. You know, D can read the rush. Um, you know, forwards can back check, you know, better. Um, you know, it's a combination of a, of a, of a lot of things. Uh, one more over here. Sorry. Uh, Mike, uh, you mentioned that every time you come back, there seems to be something going on. And with the injuries, it's been a challenging year for you. Where would you rank this year in terms of how challenging it's been as to years past? Every year is different, to be honest. Every year is different. There's different flows and ebbs, to the se ebbs and flows the season. And um, obviously, no one likes to be hurt. I think it's, it's always been frustrating. But... I think the way I look at it is there's a lot left, a lot of games left to, uh, you know, to get in the groove and, and to really help this team get into the playoffs. And that's my main goal is to come back and, and you know, start feeling good in the net. Tonight was, even though the outcome wasn't what, what we wanted as a group, on a personal level, I felt like 
my game's coming around and, and I'll just continue to get better and better and like I said, feel like I, I still have a lot to give and there's a lot of games left to do it. So I'm not writing it off because we lost these two games coming to the break. I think a man to man, our whole team needs knows we need to be better. We talk about it a lot, but guys starting to do it on the ice and look after themselves, take a look in the mirror and, and uh, you know, there's no panic here. We were playing, you know, some of our best hockey this season coming into the break, so um, regroup and go out Friday. Mike, you were very close to Duncan when he crashed into the boards there. What did you see? I mean, it was, it was fortunate it could have been even worse than that. He went in so hard into the end boards. Yeah, I mean, scary, obviously. You know, I, you know, I, I didn't really see how he hit. I just, you know, saw what kind of shape he was in after he was he was down. So you never obviously want to see a teammate or anybody go into the boards that hard and and not get up right away. So obviously he's a huge part of this team and he will be moving forward and hopefully doesn't miss too much time. Thank you. Mike Smith and Connor McDavid after the Oilers lose 4-1 to the Chicago Blackhawks. Next game broadcast here on 6.30, Chad. 5.30 p.m. face-off show on Friday. Game at 7 against the New York Islanders. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reid Wilkins. We've been in the Friesen Brothers Broadcast Center. Thanks for listening to Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. 6.30, Chad. Inside Sports with Reid Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30, Chad.